Hello, we're back. Carla V thinks out loud. Episode eighteen. Was that nineteen? No, we're eighteen. I'm pretty sure Cody Dove was seventeen. Yes, we have another comedian because I love comedians. <laughs> we have Karen Carson here today. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, Carla. Yes, I was excited to sit down with you because, like I've told you, I've been around you. We've done a lot, some shows together, mics together, but I don't know you one on one too well. That's right. Um, so. I'm excited for that. So welcome, welcome to our world over here. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing lately? You know, busy, doing, busy. I'm busy. Um, you know, October was a really sort of insane months for me, comedy wise. And you had a lot of shows. I had a lot of shows, um, but it 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 just it was just everything coming together at once. And you know, I kind of learned some lessons from it, like maybe not try to do four shows in a five day period. Um, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but but, um, it, but it was great. I mean, obviously, it's much better to be busy than not. For sure. Yeah. Were those all here in town? Uh, one was in Santa Fe, but otherwise, right. um, everything I think was basically here in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You do. I mean, you stay consistently busy with comedy as of, I mean, how long have you been doing it steadily for? In my, in here in Albuquerque or like, you yes. know, Yeah, let's then. start at the beginning. How long did you even start? Oh. Okay. The yeah. Beginning. The beginning. Um, the beginning was back in 2017 and I was living in Dallas, okay. Dallas, Texas. And uh, comedy had been something that sort of been in the back of my mind for a while. I'm a consumer of stand up always enjoyed it. And I found myself in Dallas. I um, had been recently married, but I wasn't living with my husband. So I had a lot of time on my own. And I thought to myself, you know, let's try this stand up comedy thing. But because I'm me, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't know the bravery just to go to a mic and start trying it. So I took a class, you know, amazing. Yeah. So I took a class and pretty much from then with the exception of the pandemic, which we all kind of had a interrupt interrupted, comedy career during that time mm-hmm. period i've been pretty steadily at it yeah you- yeah um but you hadn't been here living here so when did you move here because i would see you a little bit before corona but i had just started mm-hmm. like in that four months and i would see you right. out here and there were you living here at that time i uh it kind of depends <laughs> how you so define no. living here. No, um, my husband and I, we were renting a house here um, for several years. And, but my job was in Dallas and it was sort of a, what I call a butt in seat job. Like you kind of had mm-hmm. to be there. And so I would be doing a lot of shuttling back and forth between here and Dallas. Wow. Yeah. Quite and <laughs> it was quite a commute, but I, you know, I didn't miss an opportunity if I was in Albuquerque on a Sunday night, I would go to Bozy Brothers. If I was here mm-hmm. during the week, you know, that was back when Red Door had a mic, like I'd always yes. kind of try to hit. So I know it kind of looked like I was here and then I wasn't here and then I was here and then I was back again, <laughs> you know. Um, but in January of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, um, I decided to move here for for reals. And rather than spending most of my time in Dallas and some of my time mm-hmm. in Albuquerque, I was like, let's flip that. Let's spend yes. most of my time here and then occasionally go back to Dallas. Be with the husband. Because you guys were living apart for how long when you were married? Uh, we lived apart for the first three years of our wow. marriage. Yeah. Some people make it work, man. Yeah. My dad and my stepmom did that, I think, for yeah. like about three years in the middle of their marriage. We were like coming back and forth from like Texas to here, actually. Yeah. 
Or I don't know if your little... dad and stepmom found yes, that. Yes, they would do the little baby planes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Because, like, the time you're together, you you try not to fight, like, really hard. You know, because... makes sense. You know, you try yeah. really hard to live in the moment and be kind and forgiving and understanding and all those things. You're, like, grateful for the... You're appreciative of, like, this time you do have, yeah. so you want to make it work. Right. That's it. It's just, like, let's Otherwise, freak like... out when we're back in Dallas by ourselves, you know? <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, you're in my face all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just want to pick fights with you. (laughs) What do we have going on? We're frozen. We are frozen. I wonder if they can hear us audibly. I'm going to keep seeing. Now there might be a tech issue, Sarah says, on my end. But y'all seem frozen. Okay. Thanks, Sarah, for letting us know on the viewer. Patty's here, too, on the ones and twos and the threes and fours back there. They can hear. Thank you for letting us know about the hearing mm. part. They can still hear. Unless Larry wants to edit this part out later. But we're not. We're live. I forgot we're not. <laughs> I'm doing two episodes, guys. One later, you'll see later. <laughs> Pre-recorded later. Okay, we're here. We're going to fix this. We're still talking. We're going to talk. Whatever. The audio. Some people just listen to audio anyway. Um, okay. But yes, yeah, so the fighting with the... And being a comedian and then having to travel, that's... A lot to balance with, like, a relationship. So then, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, how do you do it? My husband used to make, he still makes fun of me with all my habits, but I would have these calendars, like paper calendars, where we would plan out travel and making a point to be together. And, oh, there's a show in Albuquerque I'd like to go to. So <laughs> conveniently, let's be in town for that. Yeah. We did that. But there, there was a lot of coordinating. And sometimes on both ends, I'd have to give up opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to do shows because I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm already committed. Um, to be somewhere else. And he seems very supportive. Like, he comes out to shows and things. He does. I, I know, I know, All Brian. All women in whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, sorry, Brian. He'll be in the front row with, like, a friend or something. He is. He's, so a, he's an A-plus comedy spouse. <laughs> he really is. And, you know, um, you know, there's honestly several in this market that I'm impressed with. I mean, I Kelly Trapnell is cool. awesome. Speaking of Sarah Kennedy, over yes. here, I'll, yes, my favorite Sarah. new couple, <laughs> and your favorite newlyweds. Yeah, Amanda. Yeah. Yes, Amanda and Robert. Oh, they're the best. There. They went on there, like, I think they're on their five years last night at the garage. He said they just experienced their five-year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. That he does great. some funny jokes about it, of course, yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, having that support is amazing, because um, it's hard to yeah, juggle a relationship. A lot of people don't understand when you're doing comedy that you're there every night. And if they're not there so once in a while, they're just like, why are you wasting time on this? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing something here. Okay. So you're back in 2017. Right. You do a class. Did you right. find this just like online? I um, did. Um, but I it was t- in person. It was in person. Um, a, a place called Dallas Comedy House. Rest in peace. Did not survive oh, the pandemic, no. which is super sad. But I wore one of their t-shirts tonight. Peace. I love that yeah. The future is female. The future is female. Mm-hmm. And uh, DCH, as we called it, was a very inclusive, diverse place. It, it was more than just stand up, it was also improv and sketch and storytelling and things was, like that. Okay, so yeah. um, I took improv classes there too, which was super fun. Nice. Something I'd like to get in, back into if I could. Have you done it outside the classes, the improv? Uh, not. You know, a thing here or there, but mm-hmm. I'm not a member of a troop or anything right. like that. No, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. It's a different I mean, beast. It is. And honestly, I think I'm better at stand-up than I am at improv. So, I, you know, I guess I go to the thing that I think <laughs> I'm better at. But I don't know. Have you ever tried to improv? I did some in high school. Uh, Cody Doe was on last week. But yeah, I did some in high school because my 
teacher is just like, I don't know, you guys play around or show us whose line is it anyway for hours. So we started learning some like um, how to do it, you know, the rules of it. So I know that, but it was a lot of fun. I like I always lean toward the comedy ones, and then I had the girls in like my high school senior year playing out these like dramatic like improvisation. Like, can we just be funny, guys? Like my friend Mario, people would get mad because he would be like the narcoleptic pizza boy all the time, and just you'd go ding dong, and he'd open the door, and he would just like faint. So. That's you had to work with that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, people, uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's a different beast. And it seems like you're, I really look up to you because you're such a great writer. So is that something before, oh, is that something before the, pod, uh, the podcast, before the actual Sitting at a computer, sitting with a pen and paper and trying yes. to write some stuff out. Um I still struggle, no doubt about it, Carla. I, I appreciate the compliment. I struggle, honestly, a lot with comedy writing, <laughs> a lot of joke writing. What do you feel like is your block? Because I have, oh my gosh, blocks. Yeah, <laughs> like where you're just like, I'm going to get through this. Or do you go in waves of writing? Or do you force yourself to sit down? Like, what are your, what is the way that you can get yeah. through the hard night? Um, <laughs> I, I, I have discipline maybe in, in one respect. And that's if I think of a funny a possible funny premise or, or a funny experience happens to me, I try to write it down right away. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not like I have an hour to spend time fleshing yes. it out. And just a few words or something. Yeah, just a yeah. few words. And then I find that it often sort of percolates in the background of my mind for a while. Um, like I'm, I'm doing, uh, I've been working on a joke at Mike's the last few weeks. You probably heard it. It's a silly joke about Home Depot. And yes, it's been in my Home head Depot. for six months, you know, because it, it occurred to me when I was going to Home Depot a lot during mm -hmm. the pandemic because we were trying to uh, get our house fixed up, the one here in Albuquerque. And, you know, I, I, I didn't know how it would work or why it would work, but I, that's like the one discipline I have is write it down mm -hmm. and keep it somewhere where you can get at it. Yes. And then uh, sometimes uh, Inside Out, I find, is a great place for this. Like, I have just, yes. like, a few notes on a piece of paper, and um, I just go up and I start ranting about the topic loosely based mm -hmm. on, on what I've written. And I find, honestly, that to me is a more organic way to, quote, write the joke mm -hmm. than to sit down and write it out word for word. Oh my gosh. What do you think? I feel like I'm talking to myself. I, yeah. that, that's kind of what I found, because before it was like... Um, verbatim I had to be and I have to structure the end perfectly and now it's like I'll write some out but I'm gonna let this kind of form online mm -hmm. or form like on the stage a little bit a little and bit. then do you record yourself though I sometimes do because I find that yeah helps. it doesn't it help but I hate hearing my, right. my voice oh. that's like I mean I've recorded things and I don't listen to it that's, that's, that's like your voice that I'm hearing but yeah hearing yeah, your own voice it's just like ah. oh poor Larry over here is really struggling you guys should see him He's getting aggravated. We have the situation is still happening. But oh, Bug D said I fitted tonight. Thank you, Bug D. It made me feel good. We're just doing audio. Good. We're just doing audio. Um, sorry. If it pops back in, sorry, Karen. We will have everybody back. But Bug D saw my outfit for a minute. Thank you. I was wearing a rad ass jacket. It's too rad apparently to be on screen now. Um, <laughs> I broke it. Uh, yeah, my thrift. It made me feel better about my moving situation. I was like, I'm just gonna wear something fun. Um, all right, so I guess I'll just take it off and we'll just kick back. Uh, do you want to take off your shoes? Like, do you, uh, I don't know, do you have some basketball shorts under there? No. You can just, like, take off your pants and be comfy. Um, <laughs> it's be like work from home. Yeah. <laughs> Larry will figure it out by the end. Watch. We'll just be like, this now is fine. What ended up happening? <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you want to do? Okay. They do it on other podcasts too. Like say something fucks up with the camera and then all of a sudden audio only. Uh huh. It's because my witchy vibes throw off all that electricity. I have been electrocuted, I've said it before so many times. Or, or I walk up to something, a machine that was totally working. And then the like cash register like, it went down, I don't know. We can't, can't do cards now. Do you have cash? I'm like, no. And I'll like, walk up to the ATM and it's like, we're out of cash. I'm like, why? Yeah, we have audio. It's fine. And people have been saying they listen on Spotify anyway. Some people. Mateo came up and was like, showed me his phone screen. If Mateo is listening, he listens on Spotify. He was like, brought up his Spotify. He's like, look how I look. Joe Rogan and then you. And I was like, oh, my face. <laughs> it's my face. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So comedy, right? And then so the recording is hard at like listening right. to your own voice sometimes, right. which now they can only hear our voices now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pushing through the hating the voice and just knowing, okay, that's what I sound like. And then also knowing that me and my oldest sister, Geneva, um, maybe I should even just call her today to see, show you guys we have the same exact voice. She just sounds smaller because she is smaller. <laughs> like she's a five foot version of my voice or something. Um, and her kid gets confused. Like our whole family, like hearing us from different rooms, it's so mm-hmm. confusing. So when we talk on the phone together, it's like we're talking to ourselves. But I was like, okay, I like her voice enough. I'll get used to it. But yeah, um, I think visually seeing myself is harder than the audio though. I'm always just like, mm-hmm. stop these weird mannerisms, but I know I need to like get past them you know like it's that why you listen to yourself or why you would keep going on is because you gotta like work it till it works basically um and i do like that you uh i always get on tangents of talking or even joke writing where i'm like i'll do this for a minute and i'm gonna go over here but i'm gonna come back to this in a while but i like that you're like i'm gonna work this out until i feel really happy about the situation yeah what you feel like you do yeah and it's and discipline. Some, it's discipline. And I was thinking about this today because there's uh, like a, a part of that Home bit, Home Depot bit that I've been doing recently that I think I'm about to go, you know what? I'm going to have to shell this because it's 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 like I want it to fit. But sometimes you just mm-hmm. have to give up on yes. it. And just go, it's either not right for this bit. You know, let's take it out. And, you know, you sometimes have mm-hmm. to give up on things. That's part of it. My philosophy. I've done those where I'm like, do it in like three different rooms and none of them. I'm like, maybe it was the audience tonight. Maybe it was the way I delivered. Do a different audience. And I'm like, nope, I should probably shelve this or just get rid of it because not everything's a winner. Right. And I have so many scribble scrabbles everywhere. Oh, I do too. Just what she was helping. Oh, Oh, that woman is amazing. She helped me move this week and there was a box of just like, scribblings and like small pieces of paper like maybe a little notebook here and there she's like and everything else she's like throw this away throw this and she's like oh is this your comedy box I'm like yeah she's like i have one too and she sets it nicely to the side i was like that's thank right. you for respecting my I process know. that's right it, it, it is a sacred box you know i, I have those or i have a sacred dining room table right now which is yes. just littered with scraps of paper and post-it notes and things like that i need to get back in the post-it notes i think my writing was better because i was at a time i still have a bunch of them but now it's just like in the little notebooks but then at home i would sit and had like a poster board or something and post-it note and kind of move them around yeah, until the like and i was that's when i was starting to get pretty good before pandemic and then right after and now i've just been way less disciplined but you're ma- you're reminding me of that i was like i need to do that but yeah moving them around till 
Like it works. As Are you a visual whole. person? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of everything. I did a test at some work where it like soft. Yeah. You're more like, Oh, whatever. Can stay. And I was like high on all of them. I was like, am I just needy? Do I just need everything? <laughs> you are full sensory learner. <laughs> yes. Really no, no, I just need everything. But yeah, that helps all the like scraps, the dining room table. I had a desk that also this week, uh, Nat D came over and helped and, cleared this desk that was a lot of the little scotch is this important i'm like yes i didn't want to even get to that area like it's too much to deal with thank you it's my um what was it my whale <laughs> my what's the moby dick thing yeah. oh yeah it's my big whale i'm whale. so yeah. bad at sayings i like i'll say uh instead of no my sisters make fun of me all the time because i'll say like instead of what am i chopped liver i'll say chopped lard and i mess it up constantly even other family members know, and like, yeah, yeah, a nip it in the butt. I thought, <laughs> I know, I realized that recently. I think I also have weird hearing, so I'm like, <laughs> I think I've just been. I watch everything with subtitles for, um, and I look mm-hmm. at people's mouths a lot when they mm-hmm. talk. My, I was half deaf as a kid, so yeah, still looking. How, how much do you look at the audience when you're doing a job? <sighs> This is my also Moby Dick reference. Um, that's something I'm trying to get to is like looking at, at the audience. And sometimes you can't see them because that lights, but you have to mm-hmm. pretend. Um, I need to get over looking down sometimes when I'm thinking of the next joke. I'm a very much like look down or look up person to think. So I need to stay like geared looking at them and be like, I'm thinking of the next joke and saying it. Do you, do you practice that? Huh? Who put that? On board, I think she meant to put ASAP. It sounds like Charlie's board on I A S I P. That's some cool hip kid thing. I don't know. She teaches sixth grade. <laughs> Type it out for us, Geneva. Sorry, no, you're fine. That's funny. Um, are you an audience looker or like an on? sure they taught you this in the class. I I try. I've been told that sometimes, and it's probably my thinking thing, is I close my eyes when I think. And so that's been told to me um, for a long time. It's like, Karen, you know you're like closing your eyes for like a weirdly long amount of time. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Closing the eyes, really? Larry thinks I'm high. One thing I am not, Larry, is high. So um, let's be clear for the record. Um, Maybe you'd open your eyes. (laughs) No, that's so funny. Um, Yeah, I guess I never noticed. Or I guess when you do, maybe it's like an endearing thing, I feel, of like you being, I feel very, because I do that too. Like I'll close my eyes and I feel very like, Grateful, yeah. there's like something oh, about something, maybe sad. or it's just like a seance. seance. <laughs> I just like, like nod off, <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah. conjuring the next yeah. joke God. from the other world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your mediumship, you have a dead comedian on the other side who's feeding you jokes. You're like a medium of comedians. That's Ooh, doing. that's a that's an yeah. idea for a <laughs> oh, it's always on here. Sound like oh, yeah. Yeah, the one where he has, he's trying to solve a crime or like something, and he has just the thread everywhere and he's freaking out. That's kind of me in comedy most of the time. I'm just like, the show's in 30 minutes. Ah, where are all the pieces? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, closing eye. Lately, my bad uh, thing I think I picked up was putting my hand on my hip, weirdly. 
that's not a bad thing. But I don't think at first I did. At first I held the mic really weird or like very weird or up like I was singing. Oh, thing. I'm now I'm a little looser and more me, but at first I was a little more standing in one place and kind of hold the mic sometimes with two hands and be like, no, stop holding it. And then I didn't know what to do with the other hand. And now I'm like, oh, you gesture a lot. Just be a person. Just be normal. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think the hip thing I'm trying not to end the looking down thing when I'm thinking. Do you ever find when like early in your set, you know, there'll be someone near the front who will laugh or, or you get that feeling, oh, they relate to me. And then you just start telling your jokes to them. So yes. I do that. And I have to yes. go, Karen, there are like 40 other people in the room. And just because this couple up front gets you, there's another 48 people to talk to. I'll do that. And I'll like try to pick them up along the way. I notice when I see one person and I'll like kind of make the eye contact. I'm like, you're staring at them for too long. And I'll like see somebody else. I'm like, but I'll look back at that person and be like, we're all still in this right now. I have this new person that's looking me in the eyes. So I'm going to look at them, but I'm going back to you. Right, right. And I'm like, no more people. Okay. And I'm trying to like gather them together. I'm like, you're going to look at me, yeah. <laughs> but it is. Um, yeah. Or I'll stare at a friend. And I'm like, they've heard this joke. Why am I looking straight at them? like a comedian just because they're safe? I don't know. It's always great when there's someone near the front who's like not into what you're doing, and then I'm like, no, really. If I just keep at you, I'll I'll, I'll get you. Yeah. I'll turn you. And I will win you. And then they never do. You know? just, you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, someone going back to my childhood or something. It was like, I'll make you like me. <laughs> and how many siblings did you have? I just have one older sister. Well, no, yeah, being yeah. the younger, you're like, I'm here too. I know. People think we're all spoiled. I know. <laughs> she's smart, but I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's Geneva. What's up? You're smart. <laughs> no, she's funny. <laughs> I have two older sisters. I'm not sure sisters um, aren't funny. They, yeah, my whole family is pretty funny. And when my grandpa asked, like, what m made me want to do comedy, I was like, our whole family's funny. Like, somebody was bound to try it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, huh, that's true. It's <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. Just happens to be me. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> no kids or anything. When you tell people you do comedy, do you ever get the, oh, I, n I never thought you would do that? Do you ever get that or does, because I know you yeah. have a theater background, like everyone a like, little. yeah, natural progression for you. In high school though, I was very silent as a child or like not silent. I mean, with like close friends or my sisters or family, I kind of talk or goof, but I was pretty like quiet, like just sit there. And our dad kind of taught us to be that, like, don't speak unless you're spoken mm -hmm. to, playing in from, like, at home, like, you know, very, um, we were in the National Park Services, it's just very, mm -hmm. like, we're around a lot of adults, so just be very prim and proper and don't play with mountain lions um but yeah so then when i grew up i was still very shy and quiet maybe in high school after my sister graduated and went to like phoenix i was like i'm on my own oh god damn it i have to talk to people now she was my like voice for so long um then in theater i just started coming out a little more and now it's like what the fuck carla shut up yeah. like <laughs> it's like that's why the podcast i'm yeah. going to it was like thinks out loud too much um but yeah it's making up for lost time but i did have a friend recently come to a show and surprise me and they told another friend that was in high school with us oh i'm going to carla vasquez comedy show and they're like wait carla does comedy and um the other friend was like uh she, or she was like yeah and her friend's like um I don't think I ever heard her speak. Like, what? She's funny? Like, what is going on? Like, yeah, sorry. But, uh, yeah, it did surprise some of my family. Maybe not surprise, but I think some of them always maybe secretly were like, I would try that mm -hmm. someday. I never did. So, like, they're vicariously maybe right. living through me, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does, uh, was it, did it surprise your friends and family when you wanted to do comedy? Or was that something you always wanted to do? 
No, I don't think I ever articulated it. Uh, I was in debate club, <laughs> but not like in theater. Mm. So I can see why people are like, where where did this come from? But, um, you know, even to this day, people who know me from other parts of my life, whether it's a church or a book club or day job, you know, they're like, you do comedy? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and they'll go on about, I, you're the last person I thought would do it. And I'm like, okay, now you're offending me. And you should shut up. <laughs> like, thanks. I know, what do I, I say to this? Like, what am I supposed to say? Right? How long do I have to listen to you? Mm-hmm. Since, uh, question why I'm, you know, doing something that you think is not natural to me. Right? <laughs> but you are, yeah, you, um, you're unassumingly for like every audience though. Like you play over well in like every audience I've seen you in. That's right. Like okay. you have a very, uh, yeah, just not even like, Oh, you do clean. Cause you say, you say some edgy stuff, mm-hmm. which maybe people will throw out. They're like, Oh, her name's Karen. But I like that you address the Karen thing. I like that. Yeah. You, um, you have a lot of fun up there and you have like a real stage, like presence that I'm always just like, Karen's on. Let's watch. That's funny. <laughs> uh, that's something I've I've worked on. Is it something like your stage presence? Do you just have it naturally, or do you kind of like think about it? Um, no, I don't want to say oh, I have it naturally, but I I should probably think about it more <laughs> and be better. At it. But yeah, I think it's just it just kind of turns on once the mic hits my hand. Even if I'm mm-hmm. not feeling it that night, there's something that just like shuts on the world. I'm just like I'm here and we're on and yeah. we're doing this. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think about it a lot, like before or during? Or I think about I think about it during mostly. Um, you know, I've I've in addition to that first class I told you about that yeah, I took. I've, I I've um, done did some online classes during the pandemic, and I took some in person classes in Dallas. Additionally, and one of the things that really has helped me is to think about occupying the stage um, because, like you. Um, I grew up where little girls should be quiet unless spoken yes. to and sit with our niece together. Your hair is always curled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take up as little room yes. as possible. Oh, yes. That's probably why I have that? spinal yeah. I'm sitting always yeah. like that. I'm just like, yeah. I don't want to be small. I want to be small. Right. <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand when you want to speak. Mm-hmm. And so it's not natural us for, sorry, natural for us to do what I think think guys and i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this guys do it more naturally they spread their legs naturally they get on the stage and they're like on the edge of the stage and and many you know many successful comics like really possess the stage and and once i got the advice of take up as much space on the stage as you can and i'm like that is so weird but but i'm gonna try it and so Mm -hmm. i i sort of intentionally do that I try to move around mm-hmm. and I you know try to do act outs and things like that but you know we we have some great comics in the scene who do that very well Zach Abeda is yes. probably the ultimate example uh, yeah he's my most of physical using the entire stage yes. you know and um there was, there's a, a young woman who's getting into comedy now who's been to a few mics and you know, she was like, can you give me a tip? And I'm like, one thing I see, and we were at Revel at the time, I'm like, look at how every guy stands on the edge of the stage close to the audience. You mm-hmm. were like four feet back. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like you're being diminutive. And if, unless that's your character on stage, just try. Just try standing at the front of the stage yeah. and like believing in, you know, what you're saying and see what happens. See what happens, you know? I don't know. I, for some jokes, I go closer to the front, I think. Well, I think because I had one where I was close to the front, and then one time I think so, my toe whatever, but then I'll like over like overcompensate, move too far. 
<laughs> what am I doing? I, I also have a fear of falling on stage. Like, I don't know. Like, that's a very you, real fear of mine. It's like tripping on the floor. Now I'm going to have that fear. <laughs> I've like, ruined what it is for happening? you. I know. I have, yeah, the cord is always my issue. I always end up stepping on it or something. Or I'll do, even here, I'm trying not to anymore. Um, do the like just twirl mm -hmm. the twirl the like cord in my fingers with like headphones or like mic cords or something it's I'm like stop messing with the cord you're gonna fuck up this now I'm like just <laughs> chill and, and yeah I think it's just little nervous habits I don't realize that I'm doing until then later I'm like wait why was I messing with it um, so I'm trying to be more conscious in the moment I guess and yeah take up the stage one thing um, I don't Oh, too much thing of like being too quiet on there because in theater they taught us to project like oh, yeah. they're projecting I had a cousin come to a play and we didn't wear any mics or anything and he was further back in the audience and he was so shocked when I came on and he was like is she speaking in a speaker where's the speaker how is she that loud how can I and obviously it was a nice built theater so acoustics but but uh yeah now even when the mics messed up I'm like they're still gonna hear me somehow I don't know whether it's from here or here but we're gonna figure this out uh, but yeah because some comedians I you can tell when they're new it's very the mic's far away mm -hmm. and they're very quiet right and everybody in the audience all the comedians are always like mic closer like mic like gesturing right. it to their face right. but um right. yeah the mic habits oh man so okay this class how long was the first one and then when did you start doing like when was your first set out in the world after this like whole wrap-up of the first yeah uh, I think six seven weeks was the length of the first mm -hmm. class and then uh, sort of the curriculum was um, push you out into the world, go do mics, go bomb, Did go they fail. tell you where to go? Um, I think they'll give you a few tips. I mean, uh, I was in Dallas, and the Dallas-Fort Worth scene, like, God bless them, that you can do two, three, four mics nice. a night sometimes. Four is maybe nice. a stretch, but three is doable. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... You know, I've, I've sort of always heard in New York, you can like literally do five nights or five mics in a yes. night and stuff like that. But so Dallas was a little junior version of that. And, um, you know, you just kind of figure out what mics are close to you and things like that. And, you know, I did the routine um, at some of the clubs of mm -hmm. signing up on the list and going up at 1 a.m. And, and that kind of thing. Wow. Like I did that. Yeah, and, the late lights. <laughs> yeah, I did the late lights. You know, we, here in Albuquerque, we just don't we don't mm -hmm. have that. Um, no, everything's closed by like yeah. ten. So <laughs> on the breweries, <laughs> yeah, yeah. got to get out by ten. So I, you know, I, I, I feel like. Tell me if you agree with this, especially with comedy. There's so many reasons to turn back and go back home and watch Netflix. You know, there's just so mm -hmm. many. You know, whether it's stage fright or getting a bad reception you know, from an audience or the late nights or the whatevers or, you know, parking downtown, whatever it is. There's so many reasons that you have to get through it, but sort of like once you break through it, you're like, I got this. Right. You know? And, you know, I learned how to go to work on a few hours sleep and function and, you know, just keep at it. Um, so, yeah, I was doing that. But I, you know, I, I tell people, no one cares, but I tell them anyway, <laughs> is that from the time I started doing mics to the first time I was booked on a show, it was probably nine months. And I think here in Albuquerque, there's the, well, I've been doing mics for a month. Where, where's the show I'm going to get on? I'm like, you know, here in yeah. Albuquerque, it's a blessing that if you're good, you know, you'll you'll get that opportunity. Yeah, it's true. We do, um, we do have a smaller, like, 
pond here so it's easier to get bigger here at least in the city i think if you're good and you're consistent and people are seeing you um and doing and even something you know i think you've started doing your own shows right running in a show i yeah i have uh, yeah. one show i've been producing and just then a few that months, too yeah. is like the networking of that and then your media the communes there and mm -hmm. then they're being like i'll be on your show if you're on mine and like the so i think yeah that's a lot of it so i think we're lucky in that way even um tomorrow i'll be on a show a cosmos, cosmos with neil yeah. rubenstein and 11 11 at 8 p.m um and he moved to oklahoma city kind of because of that yeah. reason of like he's able to even though maybe there aren't as many mics or things going on in oklahoma city as new york per se he's able to do more because he's top seven or not top nine now in this instead of you know top like thousand in new york right. you know was, um so he's grateful for that and able to do bigger things now and he's opening up for chelsea lynn now and just um yeah and it's all how you do it and i think everybody is a little different you know some people kind of with you, I see having a day job, a normal day job. Me, I kind of blew up my life for comedy, unfortunately, whatever, mm -hmm. illness. But I'm sure it's hard to be like, oh, my gosh, I just worked. And now I have to go out. And now I know I'm going to have an early morning. So I'm sure the getting there for me it was just like, I don't know. Hmm. For me, it was figuring out where the venues were and then making sure, yeah, just showing up. Like, it was never, I drive for work anyway so i'm just like right. showing up is fine um i do get insanely uh nervous still a little bit before shows a good one but like yeah. you learn it's just like this chest nervousness where i'm just i'm breathing everything's fine i look fine on the outside everything's fine <laughs> but inside i'm a little bit but i know i got it you know i know i have it i'm excited for it and i know like it's a really fun rush to do shows and i know i'm gonna be okay but still like that emotion's still there but i guess it's still like a driving thing where it still feels fresh yeah. Every night, you know, yeah. is that why we do it? Or we just like, we're just like, we need the next excitement. And it's like a drug yeah. in a sense. You know, and I, I know you, you've, you on this podcast have talked about mental health issues mm -hmm. and things like that. And, um, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I have no clinical background, but I'm, I've always been interested in mental health and comedy. Yes. yes. Um, and you know, I've always felt like comedy, it, it has extremely high highs that probably, you know, the, the highs I feel, you know, when something goes right in comedy is, is so much higher than almost anything else in my life. I feel so good. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really high. I mean, of course, the day I got married was a great day. Too. But, <laughs> Brian's great. Yeah, Brian's great, too. But, but the lows are also some of the lowest lows, you know? Yeah. If I have a bad meeting at work, I'm like, who cares? You know, I mean, I can blow it off mm -hmm. or... You know, if someone's rude to you in the grocery store, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll cope. But, like, the lows of comedy low is like, uh Because we love it so much or I, something. Possibly. I know Jim Carrey, I've said it before, but uh, Jim and Andy, the documentary, he was saying that he saw his dad. His dad wanted to be, I think, maybe a musician or something. And then his dad had to do a day job because he had a family. And then his dad ended up losing the job. He's like, it was so hard to see my dad fail at something he didn't want to do. He's like, mm -hmm. if you're going to fail, do it at something you love because it'll be more driving to get out of that failing. You won't feel as like you're like, well, at least I tried what I wanted to do instead of being like, God, I hated this thing anyway. And it blew me down. Now I'm further than right. before, yeah. you know, yeah. but comedy, I do feel like I have had some of the highest highs and high, lowest yeah. lows. And 
and I process them, but um, but it does kind of help with self awareness too, possibly hopefully in the mental health way. Being a comedian, it's like you really have to get to know yourself, and you really have to. I don't know. Be okay with who you are in front of people, and mm-hmm. what, and think about what you're, I guess, putting out there. Um, so I think for me, it's been kind of a journey in that too, of like self discovery more. And I'm 35, almost 36, and and I think it has helped me, even just be proud of myself in ways that I was like, oh, I never thought, I, I never thought in the past I wasn't proud of myself. I just thought like, oh, that was just expect, like I couldn't be proud because I was like you're just expected to do a good job just keep moving on do the next best thing so it was never took a moment it was like good job kid to myself and now I'm able to do that and like some good shows are like not like I'm most badass person around but like actually be like man I feel good about that you did that and you came and showed up and you wrote those jokes and you actually did this on your own and like mm-hmm. that that does feel really really good yeah, but, then, but then there are times it's like somebody might give you advice to things like wait they see it too and me and i suck and it's i'm never gonna be great like just <laughs> like no just restructure carla and yeah. the world's not ending right, right. yeah so. you have to be able to write out those lows mm-hmm. and and I, I like your i love your point about recognize the highs being like yeah i did good yes you know yeah because I think sometimes we're sort of taught to be self-critical and be mm-hmm. like, how can I do better? And sometimes you just go, I effing nailed that. You know, yeah. it's like, let's just enjoy it for just a yeah. second before we're... we think about the next thing we have to do. Especially, and I don't know if it's like an American thing of like busy, busy, busy. And it's like, maybe you get a thing, but now you want the next biggest thing. You got a nice car, you need the best new car. And you got to trade in the phone for the new phone and just always having to, I'm going to be happy once I get this and like putting it on sort of a future tense of like everything is going to be, but you're right. It's like taking a moment being in the moment. It's like experience the moment, be proud of this mm-hmm. and accept this as a thing instead of like, okay, that aside, let's move yeah. on. Cause that's what it is. Um, I've heard like longevity of life. And I think I talked about this on the first podcast of it's tied to longevity of life is tied to like gratitude, being grateful mm-hmm. for things because you're in the moment and you're actually expressing things, your neurons are kind of building gratitude and good, positive vibes, and then also new experiences. Um, so I think comedy kind of is both for me in a way of like just every night is almost a new experience. Mm-hmm. It's a new audience, maybe a new venue, maybe new comedians or right. a new joke I'm working on, something new. Um, and then, yeah, and then also just being grateful. I'm trying to do that too because I, I see my dad, he's made he's great for his age, my grandpa too, and they've both done that i think in their lives which is good it's kept them young hopefully yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah the mental health part i'm like ah, man this loads this <laughs> I, know. I know they're vicious and sometimes i have to just tell myself karen just go to a mic because if you can do halfway good in a mic suddenly it's like uh the the bad show or the failed whatever is like in in the windshield mirror so much faster it's true Oh my gosh, I was talking to somebody recently about that too, like uh, having a bad show, they thought they had a bad show, then they went to a mic the next night, killed, and then they're like, okay, I'm alright, I'm not the worst comedian on earth, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm gonna quit, you're gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, great, yeah, yeah, yeah it's also have supported like... friends, and I, you know, I, when I think about the comedy scene here in Albuquerque, you, you always have a hug and a smile <laughs> for so many people. You know, I think it's honestly, I'm not just saying because you're your podcast girl, <laughs> no. but I mean, you, you do a really good job of that. It's like, we're all it's kind of in this together. You don't have to be best friends with everyone, yeah. but 
you can be kind and you can yes. be nice. And if people do a good job, make a point of telling them. Yeah. And I like being friendly. I like connecting with people. Um, I can be very introverted, but when I'm out in the world, I'm like, I want to connect with people and get to know them. And that's part of podcasting is just like hearing the human experience from a different perspective that is not my own. Um, yeah. And just having a few conversations with somebody and you're like, oh, they're like this. I don't, yeah, I like, um, I like the scene we have here right now too. A lot of really good-hearted people mm -hmm. um very supportive like you said uh and they were talking last night on the bs show about like people weed themselves out that are the bad eggs you know whether they're up there just for shock value or just up there to like oh i thought i'd try this because i'm with my friends and do it for two weeks and they're like yeah i didn't know that was fun for a minute and they're yeah. like i'm done and then there's some that are just like i have the bug did yeah. you get the bug right away when you like started going to mics or did it I think I got the bug. I think I got it. You know, I'm like, did I? I think I did. I mean, something has to propel you for those, you know, I'm 48th on this open mic list. You know I mean? Something has to keep you going because every other thing in your brain is like, go home, go to sleep, you know, you have work, you know. But I think I did. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of, you know, these highs we've been talking about. It can be very... I don't know if addictive is the right word, but it's like you always it want does. the next hit of, of that. It does feel kind of like a drug. Somebody knew uh, when I blasted at the garage, and he's like, I feel like this high after. And he did a pretty good job for mm -hmm. his new set. I was proud of him. And he's like, I feel like this. Does it, do you always feel like this? Oh, man. Last night they were about 20, 22. Uh, but Saturday, I think they were like 30 to 40. Um, all vax. Like, yeah. And sometimes, even if it's 10 people, uh, last night, I bet probably out of the 20, maybe 15 went up, it's majority are comedians. And then maybe like a girlfriend or friends of friends, um, some nights it's all comedians. Huh? No, once in a while, I think for William Willier's thing, they, uh, for his roast this past Saturday, they put out a flyer for it, but they're going to start doing more. For a while, it was just because like, you know, Who's vaccine? Like who's you know? It's COVID of a lot. Was, we were keeping it small, and now you know it's a, last night it was a different kind of crew. Um, now you'll see a mix of different people. It's not the same people every single time, which is nice. I guess Sarah Kennedy went the other night. Um, like I said, Kendra was there last night, and who else showed up that I was surprised? Uh, I can't remember. Just, Justin Shipler and Austin, my Dungeon mas Masters, <laughs> they showed up last night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, bug of, I don't know, just getting up and like that high. Yeah, this new dude, he's like, you feel like that? I was like, yeah, when you get a set, even after open mics, you feel that like high still. It's like, I don't know, are we addicted? Is it just a different drug? Oh. Why are you talking to the microphone? I don't know if you guys can hear Larry. Do you just, oh, being a lawyer, do you feel like that's any way? Uh, being a lawyer is not a dopamine rush. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry? Um, it, there's, I'll say this, there are different kinds of lawyers. Um, when I did courtroom work, it was very similar. I think I remember saying the highs are very high. The lows are low because, you know, it's your client that mm -hmm. you have not served well. 
<laughs> yeah, I, especially pre-pandemic. Yeah, I mean, like, basically, as, as Larry would say, I'm a, more of a conference room lawyer these days. And gotcha. so, uh-huh. like, I'm, I, I mean, I'm very grateful to have the career and the job that I do, but um, it is not, you don't, there's no dopamine involved in my, in my day job. Yeah. I mean. Just papers and computers. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just. exciting if you're like a court lawyer. <laughs> As a murderer, murderer. <laughs> <See> you. <laughs> Slam your hand on the podium. Is that today? Oh, that yeah. was today. Some, yeah, there's some pretty Ooh. wacky stuff going on. I mean, yeah, I think some of those prosecutors looked like comics who thought they had a great joke. And um, oh, yeah, how do you feel about these? Like, um, going on tangent here. How do you feel about these like courtroom lawyers who like are on TV? You know, like the broadcasted things do you feel like a lot of it is very showy um i i think anyone lawyers included will act differently when they know the cameras are on them or cnn is in the back of the courtroom but you know that's mm. very rare yeah, it it's really bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the ultimate heckler um, is is when a judge, yeah, goes after you. I mean, I've been fortunate. Um, I got dressed down maybe once or twice. And I was not in the wrong, you know, but just you know, but there were no TV cameras there. It was just you tell your client to answer these discovery responses or else, you know, you know, like that kind of thing. Karen has a fire, you said. <laughs> you know it. Yeah, yeah, but, I see but, you know, I've in been in face. like negotiations where you maybe employ some of the things that we learn in comic, like uh, learn, learn in comedy. Like, you know, you take up space mm-hmm. and you get in people's faces and, you know, you make your presence known. Um that's not my normal, like that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> um, but, but that's just the nature of my work. Like, I think if you were a prosecutor down at Bernalillo County Metro court, I, I bet they have dopamine highs all the time, you know, uh, I would think, yeah. but that's, that's definitely got that. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. She's but I mean, are... Larry, you're not wrong. I mean, I think learning to speak to an audience earlier in my professional life I'm, I'm sure has aided me as a, as a comic. I, I think it has to. I think you're right about that. Did you have stage fright growing up, like, as a kid? Because um, you said you did debate. <laughs> debate. Yeah, I was a big nerd. <laughs> one of our other comic friends would say. Um, um, I, I don't remember having stage fright. I think, and I've, I've thought about this and I've read some books about it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'm an introvert. No doubt about it. I own it. I am. But... I'm I'm one of those introverts who um, can um, suddenly become on and appear extroverted on yes. stage mm-hmm. or behind a microphone, mm-hmm. and then when I'm off stage, I go and I bury my head in my purse or whatever. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> I have to go back to being the introvert. <laughs> you have, uh, at least from my you know perception, I, like you have a very strong. Like a confident introvert feel, though. You know, yeah. like you're not somebody who's like in the corner, all just making it. Like you're like. I mean, I'll say hi, and, like, I'm doing my thing, and I'm. you're not, like, seemingly rude to anyone, but you're like, I'm here, and I'm taking up my space, mm-hmm. and, you know, I might just be writing a joke, whatever. You have, mm-hmm. like, an aura of, like, hey, this person might be a comedian, or do something, you know, thing here, like, the same feel I got with, like, Cody Dove or Jess Wood before I met them. I'm like, 
they didn't even say anything, and they have a feel that they can like turn yeah, something on. Yeah. So I was like, I knew that about you. So you're like a strong introverted. Okay. Uh, a confident. I don't know how to put it. That. Not to say introverts are not confident, but you know what I mean. Like a yeah, not a meek one. <laughs> but well, I, you I, ain't meek. <laughs> no, but I but I I think I use my energy um, carefully, <laughs> you know, on stage, mm. and um, I I think it's. You know, it, it strikes me as like, am, am I a weirdo? Am I a sociopath because I can do this? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just didn't, I didn't, I guess I enjoy it. And just because someone's an introverted, like in their life, sorry, introverted in their life doesn't mean they're not going to be a good performer. Yes. Um, I mean, I think mm -hmm. comedy, you know, the history of comedy is honestly full of a lot of people like us. I mean, you know, you, you hear Super like cute. Robin Williams, for, not, I'm not comparing myself to Robin <laughs> Williams, but you know, he, he had such a crazy, insane on stage appearance and yet what he really liked to do was honestly go home and spend time with his kids and stuff yeah i heard this um you know jason alexander and i've actually been re-watching seinfeld just it's good writing even if it's i haven't watched it straight through front to back like in that way i've seen i grew up with it and it was always on i've seen every episode i'm sure a bunch of times but never like how many times have you watched all the time and i just started re-watching again i'm like on season three now yeah, talk to it. I, <laughs> I tend to uh, skip the first season because it's, it's not It's like good. eight episodes or something. But I've probably seen the whole thing at least 75 times. At wow. least. Like I can, like. The writing's great. Well, no, I know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. I mouth the, mm -hmm. you know, everything. <laughs> doesn't matter what episode it is either. It's sad. I like, it still holds the, up. I play it in the background while I'm editing. And along with other shows like The Office, right. I mm -hmm. watch that a lot. I do that with like Arrested um, Development, The Office, or like men. whatever it might be. Uh, All that crap. <laughs> Seinfeld, yeah, I've been watching a lot. And uh, George Stanza, Georgie, um, I heard him on, or Jason Alexander on Mark Maron's podcast. And he was saying that in college, like, his girlfriend was very confused. Like, they'd been dating a few weeks. She'd only really ever seen him out in the world with people. And he was just on and, like, so social and so just, like, social butterfly. And then when they were just alone or, like, just he was at his dorm, she's like, are you depressed? Like, you don't hmm. – and he's like, is that – she was like, is that fake? Like, are you – what is going on? Are you putting on a show? Like, what's happening? He's like, no, I can turn it on. He's like, and a lot of it he said, which I – feel like with myself is he's like i need everybody to be talking i don't want an awkward moment let's all <laughs> we're all in this together we're all here i don't want silent i don't want like i'm gonna like control it because i'm nervous i'm gonna make everybody talk and i'm nervous talk and i think i do that too it's like all nervous talk and i try to be conscious of it not to do it but uh then i go home and if i've had roommates they're like are you okay i haven't heard you say a word in five days i'm like i just don't <laughs> Did um did he I didn't listen to the podcast, but he do you mention that um he's been so like typecasted as that character that Oh yeah. Did he? Okay. And cool. it's that uh he got in a little bit yeah, and that he just feels like he's played a little bit of the same role. But and he has a look. And I think if somebody has a very definitive look Well he started out in plays. Yeah, and he's a, he still does theater. like stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a theater guy. He's like the neurotic dude, bald dude <laughs> who was sad or something. But he was um, like, Great. He was a great actor for that spot. Like, he was, and he know. was based off of Larry David's. Yeah. Right. He was yeah. like kind of what Larry did. It was everybody thinks it was, it oh, was like Seinfeld, but Seinfeld, yeah. Seinfeld, and 
Larry David's Larry David. That's pretty much any Jew. Yeah. Because <laughs> my, fam- my dad's side of the family, uh, a couple of the, the sisters married Jews. And that's kind of the way that... This sounds bad when I, I know. Oh, yeah. That was like... <laughs> I don't mean it like that. You know, like... Uh, are Jew- they're Jewish. <laughs> they're Jewish. Of the Judeo influence. Judaism. I'm just kidding. But they married. It's so- the same situation. Frugalness, mm. you know, rudeness, saying things <laughs> that they shouldn't really say. You know, that kind of stuff. So, oh, Costanza is great. Yeah, I think you might have been a little bit real life. So, yeah, I have to, yeah, the train off in this sociopath part. But do you think, okay, because as being a kind of being to be a quiet child, it was like, if something happened, they're like, all right, sweep it under the rug, everything's fine, we're all fine, da 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 da, everything's fine, we just cried in the corner together, right. but wipe your face, things are fine. Like, it was very much, did you have that too? So maybe it's part of that where we're like, we can turn on different parts. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, honestly, I think sometimes we're programmed as women. You know, oh, to be yes. whoever we're with. What do they want us to be? I know. That's true. And, and I'm not saying guys don't feel it. No, I, I, yeah. just, I just feel it more in, you know, some of my female friends. Is We're always there for somebody else, and we have to mm-hmm. put on the smiley face. And, you know, and you know, no one Play. wants to be that dour girl. Yes. You know? Play, like, five roles in the world. <laughs> Why don't you just smile? To yeah, smile exactly. more. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Mm. I know. You'd be so much prettier if you'd smile. How's <laughs> oh, this smile? You know, I'm sorry. I forgot there's no vi- oh, yeah, video you know, here, so no one can flip see off people. My... <laughs> now <laughs> I say it. Karen, just flip this yeah. off. <laughs> uh, it really is kind of, yeah, you're right. As women, I'm trying to, I'm feeling more, I'm feeling more like a woman now than 35. I think I've weirdly been in, and some of it, you know, is uh, LGBTQ, maybe some gender queer things, maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit. There are some things, um, talk about mental health real quick, Mm -hmm. like uh, I'm a little bit on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Inside being a little bit ASD or whatever can also has been linked to sometimes gender issues because you do have a weird dissociation from the world and like even sometimes yourself um so it's been brought up that especially in like girls because um the signs are different for girls on the spectrum there just hasn't been as much studying about it and so now they're realizing more things like this so i think with me growing up it was like i i feel better around guys i don't know why maybe because i'm safe i have better like they their senses of humor were more like mine you know i'm a tomboy i don't know and then now that i'm like 35 i'm like hanging out with more women and i'm like i'm a lady this is interesting <laughs> oh i'm a lady um and then in the comedy scene it's very apparent because i mean they the dudes all like are great to me and like mm-hmm. i'm great friends with them but you know obviously on stage i'm a woman and people are like oh female comedian i'm like oh yeah i'm a well, female coming, and not that I just do only women's jokes, but uh, I, it is you know there is a separation like male female okay. Um, so now I'm feeling more like uh, I don't know, growing into the womanhood of and noticing things like that. Like oh damn, I am codependent, not in the way that I need somebody to be with me, but in the way that I'm like I need to take care of somebody. I need to be with somebody mm-hmm. who's needy, or I need to have needy friends so that I can be there to fill those holes and. Became this ego thing of no, I have to take care of them, and I now am like, ah, too much power in my hands. <laughs> like, yeah, it becomes a, a vicious cycle. Or do you feel like you're a caretaker, like, as nat- like naturally, not like even like, oh, I need to be a mom, but are you with mm-hmm. friends and family, like, or are you the one who's like, or are you the one who's just like, this is how things are. <laughs> 
You know, um, I don't know if, have you ever heard of um, Enneagram or Enneagram? Um, it's a thing. You might be interested in it, but the theory of the Enneagram, and it's based on some Christian principles, is that there's, uh, you know, a set number of personalities, and they, they give them numbers. Anyway, I'm a five on the Enneagram scale, and what that means is that... Um, I'm not your typical, I am going to bake some cake bites for you and I'm going to call you three times a day and make sure I'm yeah, not saying this is yeah. what Jess does. I'm just sort of, <laughs> yeah, I just see cake yeah. bites and I'm like, I'm going to work cake say. bites in because uh, Jess would brought you some cake. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I don't call multiple times a day, but if you need me, like I will hundred percent be there. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if you're in jail, I will bail you out. We will not ever discuss it again it'll just be done you yes. know or you know um if you're the cato if you're having a baby i'm gonna just hit up that amazon list um i'm sorry you may not have bail honestly larry if if yeah <laughs> Oh, but so like I am the person who who you can call, and I'm not going to be at like high drama about it. It's I don't know. It's 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 um, so it's like am I a caregiver? You know, I mean I don't have children, um, and I've it's not like I don't want kids. It's just more. It just sort of didn't happen, and mm-hmm. it didn't wasn't something I I strove for. Um, right. I didn't have this need to have kids like a lot of my friends did. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> so I'm like. I don't know. You know, I mean, in, it's unlikely to happen now. And so, you know, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, it's just, yeah. it just happened. So, does, um, doesn't feel, sorry, I tend on that. Cause last year I found that I like probably shouldn't have kids. I'm going to get my tubes out and it's not something I ever really like wanted or was like never a kid. Like it was right. just something like, I don't know if it happens out, but now that I know I can, I shouldn't naturally, not that I guess I could adopt, but I feel freer like that's not something i have to think about or society mm-hmm. doesn't have any sort of pride do you do you feel like now that you're past the point of like oh maybe you feel a little bit more like okay that i don't think about that now i can just concentrate on like the life i'm living and like be who i want to be and not have to deal like is it freeing to feel know. that or do you feel like something not to get too personal but do you feel like it's something you think about that you wish you would have done, or do you feel? Um, I don't. Maybe I'm projecting. I don't, I don't think about it much. You know, um, Holly Bird having a baby mm-hmm. really touched my heart. You know, especially because so she didn't think she could. Exactly. And he Ian is so, is so cute. I mean, he's, he's just the greatest adorable. baby. She brought him to the show in Rio Rancho last night, and he was seriously perfect. Aww. And every time, I've only seen him in the flesh twice. But, and it's both at shows. And they're both such at a shows. Show, he's, I know. He was so good at the women's show. He didn't yeah. like make a peep. And, and he did the same thing last night and you know it's like holly should have a baby i'm like holly Mm -hmm. should have a baby you know and i just have never felt that about myself but i i i I see joy in other people having it and i'm so happy for them um but um i you know i gotta tell you i just ripped through my 20s and 30s and just really didn't give it too much thought Mm-hmm. Um, I was also lucky because um, Brian had a son by a excuse me prior marriage, and so oh, yeah. I got to kind of do um, I don't want to say stepmom because that's not really it, but you know I got to do the more of hey you know I'm, I'm the I'm the cool girlfriend yeah of, of my dad yeah I like, to, like, I like to cool... think that yeah. yeah you know and I went that's to his school stuff and things like that mm-hmm. and and um, 
you know, really got the good stuff, but we also had a fair amount of, um, he was a teenager, so <laughs> you can imagine, there were, you know, there was Jazz dating. Trust, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, trust issues and all kinds of things. So, um, anyway, so I, I've never, I've never felt it missing in my life. I'll be yeah. honest. And, okay. you know, um, I know women who, who ache for it and mm-hmm. do feel it. And, and, I, and my heart goes to them, but mm-hmm. I've just, just, it hasn't been in, in my DNA right now. You seem forever. like a very, um, in a good way, like a, to each their own, like you're, you're very disrespectful of how people like live their lives. You're like, that's not for me. But like, is that true? Do you feel like that's, or do you feel like you're like a judgmental person of other? No, I don't. You I seem really, pretty like, do your thing, everyone. <laughs> I, I think I am. And, and, and probably that that's only solidified, um, maybe in the last 15 years. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if you get to 35 and, you just realize people are going to live their lives. And yeah. sort of my feeling is like, yeah, I, I may not completely understand it, but you're not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. And so go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I like that. It, Maybe I it is just being in 30s that I like the, uh, just, it's a little free. It is like, I can just do me. I don't know. Nobody really, <laughs> I'm not really affecting anyone. Nobody, like, I don't know. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel a little like more. Hey, I'm no, doing it's, my it's thing. A, it's a great thing, and I, I think twenties. Yeah, like twenties. I've messed no, those up real hard, but thirties right. um, <laughs> are cool. <laughs> yeah, thirties are great. Forties are, are pretty darn good too. I'll tell you that. Having been there, and you know, you you realize you've made your choices, and it's really you who has to live with them. And if you own up to your responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, you stop doing things because other people want you to do. I did a lot of stuff in my 20s because people wanted me to do it. Tell me about How did you get out of that? This is something I'm trying to work on. Too. I'm like, this also should just be called Carla V gets advice from others. How do you feel like you got... I wish I could give you the recipe for it. I mean, I still care what people think about me. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, and that's, you know, that's why part of why, why when I bomb, it, it still stings, of mm-hmm. course. I'm not Teflon. But um, when... You know, I, I I think it was just a series of events. I bought my first house when I was 30, bought it on my own, and that was very empowering. I lived um, by myself in my own house and was responsible for it. That's you awesome. know, I made career choices. Some of them were bad. Some of them were pretty darn good, <laughs> you know, and, and I've lived with it, and I, you know, I, and this is probably part of the sociopath in me is like, I don't like relying on other people. Mm. And so, um, <laughs> you know, like my husband's like, why do you have two cars? And I'm like, because I need a backup one. He's like, I'm, like, <gasps> I'm your backup. I'm like, no, you have two cars for yourself. <laughs> <I have> two <laughs> cars. Yes. Yeah. Cars are always messing up. I'm yeah. borrowing my friend's car right now. Shout out to Mario. It's like, um. yeah. And, and you know, I'm, <laughs> I just prepare for worst case scenarios and that's <sighs> honestly probably something that's genetic in my family it's like mm-hmm. i just want to be prepared mm-hmm. and it's it's empowering after a while and then you know i can you know look back on a, on you know at least a couple more decades than you can to go you know what i made some choices they turned out okay yeah. <laughs> you know and i'm still here but you know life mm-hmm. is also about continuing to make those good choices the next best thing yeah or the next right thing i the guess right thing, yeah right something i've tried uh i'm less of a saboteur in my 30s which is good 
as a real self I was such yeah. oh yeah and sometimes still I'll see those behaviors like stop it Carla stop spiraling you're fine <laughs> or like just mess good things up for no reason relationships I do that a lot where I'll like okay. cause problems because it's too much pressure to like have to be with a person so I'm like I'm just gonna cause problems so then they will break up with me like it's just crazy wow. in a way or yeah. or yeah I just stop talking I just like I want to be there but then it's also I don't want to be needed so it's like this hard like I want to be in the pen but then it's like I want people around but then I want it alone and you're right it's just doing stuff on your own and kind of like building mm-hmm. I guess your own life and not um, wrecking it every two years mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. I, guess, I don't know I like to point out I didn't get married for the first time the only time um, until I was 45 that's awesome. And See, believe like me, there this. was pressure. It's like, what, what are you guys doing? Why are you still together? Because mm-hmm. we, my husband and I, we dated for like 17 years. Oh, and, wow. And, you know, I'm just like, I'll do it when I feel like it. That's so cool. You know? See, this is my style. Yeah, were you close ever before? Or was it just girlfriend for 17 years or boyfriend for 17 years and then married? I think, Larry, um, there was an unspoken commitment mm-hmm. um within a couple of years and and i think that's especially because my um now husband had a child who was seven when brian and i started dating and it's like i think we all knew when there are kids involved like you don't do things half-assed you know it's like you, you should yeah. be in it mm-hmm. and and i got more and more involved in their lives and you know, I wouldn't have done that if I was just like, yeah, I'm just hanging out. And well, I mean, did, did he ever ask you to marry him? And there was a period of time you guys yeah. Do you keep asking? You're like, no, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Um, no, he he did not ask, um, and I didn't either. And but uh, he, we, we dated in Dallas for many years, and then. Like, like something like 15 or something. And then he picked up and moved here because he had to leave Dallas. And um, and then, honestly, once he left, that's when he started talking about marriage. I'm like, this, this isn't the way this normally goes. <laughs> you don't move to another city and then be like, hey, let's get married. And, and so we had a fairly long engagement, maybe two, two and a half years, maybe. Um, and then... Um, mainly because I was like, I don't feel like a wedding. I, I'm just not into it right now. And <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like planning Too it. Too much work. You know? Did you end up having it? Yeah, <laughs> I got to buy three more cars. I got to buy three more cars. But, um, you know, in terms of empowerment, I mean, um, who paid for my wedding? I paid for my wedding. That's badass. Yeah, you know, I'm just like, I had the wedding that I wanted to have. I had the number of yes. people I wanted to have. And to me, that's very empowering. And, <sighs> you know, it doesn't rock you to sleep at night, but empowerment's pretty darn intoxicating, too. I need to think about that. And I'm, I'm all about that. You can like with mental health, I'm all about that. You not even be a different person, but I think you can definitely train your brain to think in different ways that are helpful. Like right. even if like people will say some, something, even in comedy that like will unlock some sort of aha. Oh, snaps. I never thought about it this way. And now you're, you start to gear in that and be like, okay, I'll get better in this way. And I, I, that's why I like talking to people too, because I was like the empowerment thing, you know, I just, yeah, I need to be more on that bug. Cause that, it seems like more of a driving force than just being like, all right, I think I need to be motivated. I don't know. But then having the <laughs> ultimate goal of like, I'm going to feel empowered and good about myself after this is done instead of like, ah, stress of doing things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think comedy is empowering. It I is. Mean, yeah. And we've talked about, is. yeah, I can suck, but 
the the ability to make strangers laugh i think i feel empowered by it yeah we create we run the energy in that room for however long we're on there or we should we run yeah we're just creating that energy in the room and um it is kind of magical (laughs) i I like yeah the feeling back from it it is a high like we said um and so you you've been doing it i thought you were doing a lot longer i'm surprised only 2017 and then covid you're so Mm -hmm. good like i don't know have you you've seen karen right have you not seen karen karen comes a lot like I, I like doing the shows. I'm always like, here. sorry, I'm just like, well, that's why I wanted you a podcast. I'm like, really respect Thank you. you. Getting Thank all you. the people no, respect. But you that. have not been doing it all that long and just working. And that's what shows like hard work, taking the classes, mm-hmm. actually doing the skill is part of it. And people sometimes think like, I'm just going to get up there, which is also part and depends what kind of comedian you are too, I guess. Right. Right. Also, we're all different. Right. So, yeah, that's the thing, too. At first, I was like, wait, the audience is liking these kind of jokes. I was like, no, the more I gear to the audience, the le- it more looks like <laughs> I'm just like, start, like, like me, like me. Like, I'll include them, whatever, now more. But if I'm pandering to the audience, it's just, it, they see through that. So I do things, you know, in that moment that feel good to me and I want to do and that lets them into my world a little bit. And I don't know, we yeah. kind of expand their brains and let them see things in a different yeah. perception. I think that's okay. why people like comedy, too. It's a little bit of a escape. I do. And I think people are genuinely interested in mm-hmm. other people. And there's, you know, they like, they like knowing a comedian has her weaknesses or her blind spots. And, and I have plenty of jokes about my blind spots for things and my, my weaknesses. And then, you know, people come up sometimes after the show, I bet this has happened to you, Carla. And it doesn't even matter what they say. They're just like looking in your eyes and they're just like... I get that oh, so yeah. much, <laughs> like what you said. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, you know, because they they think they've seen into your soul when yeah. they've seen a sliver of of you on stage. That's so interesting. You like connect with somebody. Of, uh, I've heard musicians say that too. Of like, hey, do you think people take your lyrics out of context or use them as their own? And musicians are like, that's what they're for. You know, for people to see it in their eyes and like relate we're all trying to relate in certain ways as humans right. i think right. that's like the biggest power is relating and exchanging energy and things yes. and ideas and um yeah on stage yeah the people that come up after the women shows like one of the first mm-hmm. times too and i didn't know that like i don't know i have an issue thinking like women don't like me that much or something but i don't know and so like now i'm like really? i do well with women i yeah, don't know i, I think, think i think maybe i'm abrasive or something and now i'm realizing ladies like me more but i think for a while i was like just i don't know also guys girl girls guy Man Barbie. I, I, I think man you. Barbie growing up. Yeah, I think you, I think you do both. All kinds of audiences. Uh, I've I've seen it, and you know, you, you have a joke about I'm dating my showerhead now, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? What it's on? just a simple, straightforward, <laughs> almost one liner, and you know, and I and I even I relate. To, I mean, I, I I can remember when I too was dating my showerhead. Yes. You know? <laughs> like, like you true know? story. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was hard times for a while, there, guys. <laughs> And I really did. Then I like watched Greta Thunberg's like documentary thing. I really did feel bad about all the water use that I was wasting. Like, just, like that's for a good cause. God damn it! Like, this poor Swiss girl, wherever she's from, hates me. She hates me. Huh? Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, oh my gosh, have you been? So you've been on the road. We got to wrap up in about like the next five minutes. 
you do road how and how do you do the things you do mm-hmm. again i want to advise because you just like i'll see you out in lowick you're in here you're across here it's interesting you say that i i think social media um gives the impression that i'm like on the road i'm like um i don't know that i really you am shows here and there. um i mean having uh started in dallas i st- you know I, I i had you know four years or so to make connections in dallas so i have you know friends who have shows there and you know um they still remember me so mm-hmm. i can sometimes go back there and and jump on a show okay. um i've been in north carolina um a few yeah. times i think that's what people think of and it started as um, my first appearance in North Carolina at the Idiot Box in Greensboro was just a comedy festival. It's the North Carolina Comedy Festival, Sweet. which I'll give a huge shout out to. It's run run by a woman, nice. and um, her name is Jenny, and she's the owner of, of the Idiot Box, and she does a fantastic job with this festival, and I really commend it to anyone who's interested in, 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 a, in a festival. And my parents live um, in Durham, North Carolina, oh, and so... Okay. Like, that's a great base because, you know, uh, clubs out of town want to know not only if you're funny, but if you can put butts in seats. Mm -hmm. And um, when it comes to North Carolina, especially (laughs) pre-COVID, I mean, my parents are in their 80s, so we're not... They're, we're not going out to a lot yeah. of um, <laughs> small rooms and, and cozy venues. Um, but, uh, you know, knowing that it's like I, I, I can get people to shows, I think, helps, too. Yeah, you get out there. They prove, you prove it. Next time you have an hour, connect out there. Yeah. So then do you so you book maybe where you're going to go visit. Like when you're going to go visit, then you're like, hey, what's up? Do you have a show for me? Um, yeah, like like when I go back to Texas, I let people know. Um that I'm coming and, um, like I said, sometimes there are opportunities. Sometimes I just have, you know, to go see friends and just hang with friends and go to their shows, you know, which I, I've always enjoyed doing, um, North Carolina, um, you know, uh, my in-laws are getting together in Arizona in January. So I'm scoping out, (laughs) you know, and I'm probably, you know, honestly, it'll probably be a a big zero, but I'm going to try and, you know, because it's like, if you can, um, make it worth it for the venue you can often get in the door and then they see you're funny and then you know uh you start being judged on more on your performance um, oh also. right okay but, this is like just get the crowd in and yeah. that second they're like all right are they funny but there's no doubt about it carla and and that's something i think you know everyone should keep in mind as as they for, go forward in comedy and, and uh, one of my comedy teachers once told me that goes you're not really in the joke business you think you are you're in you're in the uh, food and liquor business <laughs> you know because yeah, it's about moving food and liquor that you know can make you a comic now if you're horrible it's not going to matter but if you're a pretty good comic and and you know you can work with a venue um, and get their sales up it opens a lot of doors. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, knock on um, wood table, um, Larry's coffee table. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the little show I'm doing, I shouldn't say little show. Sarah taught me, Sarah Kennedy taught me not to put little in front of the things you do because, you know, you shouldn't downplay yeah. it. It's not my little comedy show. It's my badass mm-hmm. comedy show mm-hmm. that I've only done three times, but we're doing it again next month, December 14th. December fourteenth. Yeah, it's my big, big. The gosh. only one in the room, so it's the biggest. <laughs> and you know, I think as long as we keep bringing out audiences who are who are going to drink the beer and eat the food, 
why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like the venue fun. has nothing to lose. So, so you're saying you're December 14th. Where at? Uh, Brew Lab 101 in Rio Rancho. Brew Lab 101. Who are we gonna have on? Who are you gonna have on this next night? You know, I've only booked one comic for that show, but I'll give a shout out to him. It's Zach Beta. Yay! Yay! I know I got Zach to do it. Um, so you know he'll he'll probably do the longest set of the night. Mm -hmm. But um, you know I want to think about like who's who's a good comparison mm -hmm. who's who's a good you know uh collaborator you know who who will work well on that show and i haven't made the decision yet it's important it's like a mixtape or a mix cd yeah. or something like it is. what's the right energy here tomorrow even with the show at cosmos i'm gonna ask like neil and sarah like where lineup should we do i know me and neil are going last or he's going last but like who should go where mm -hmm. what are we gonna do we'll be there tomorrow um you're happy what else do you have going on we're gonna have all your uh, like social media and all the stuff they can okay, find great. you on the yeah in the description you can find her um it's karen carson comedy right or... right that's yeah. my website karen carson comedy .com, and my instagram is very similar i'm not i don't remember why i put periods between karen and carson <laughs> but i did i did karen dot carson or no karen dot carson dot comedy and then you'll have a women's show next month right and the women's show? Are we doing this? I don't think. I think we're on a slight hiatus. Women's um, hiatus, guys, but with, we'll be back. With, yeah, we need to find the new venue. Hey, Marie, we're working on that. But with the holidays and things, things are going to be wacky. Um, I, myself, guys, am leaving. <laughs> so this is my last. Tomorrow is actually my last show in town for a while, probably until the new year. And then this is the last live podcast for a minute. I am leaving to Portland on Saturday um, for like a month. <laughs> So we're going to have a couple of pre-recordeds um, coming up. We'll have Caleb Mulkey and the future dates. We'll have Neil Rubenstein again, even if it's just a short one. And then maybe have some adventures from Portland. I'll send them some nice. stuff, some clips. I'm going to try to do yeah, some comedy out there. Yeah, let's go back the scene. I've got some names yeah. out there. And uh, it'll be fun. You guys know Carla Vasquez Comedy dot com. Uh, Carla huh? <laughs> My friends. <laughs> even Will and Willow last night was like roast. He was like, ah, coffee. Beer, lesbian, scarlet beef bread. Chicks up for what? My friend was like, um, there's no, she was like, there's no real like gay bars here. I think they're they just like open. all LGBTQ at this point. <laughs> like they're allowed to have exotic dancers in anything. What? Yeah, you know, like coffee shops. I did not know this. Well, can somebody bars. just go in and start exotic dancing? No, you okay. have to be hired. There's like rules. I'm like, I don't know. I might want to take my clothes off in front of strangers. I think they're fully nude. I think they're in bikinis. No, I was going to try to go yeah. see if that's my yeah. calling. That's... <laughs> Maybe I missed out on my calling of being a stripper. You don't have dad issues. I would be in the war. No. <laughs> yeah. They're small. They're little. Don't call anything little, Carly. Your daddy right. issues are cute. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Karen, it's been a joy. We're going to um, wrap up. Thank you so much for coming. We you know, we went over the hour, but it's funny. And sorry, it was just audio, but we'll have you back. Um, he took some pictures of us or something. Cool. You'll see our faces. Cool. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carla. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Just with Nat D and my dad and William Willner for helping me move. See you guys on the other side. Bye.